Hello, and welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, rate, review, and subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We want to hear your thoughts on the movies and shows we review. Leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or our YouTube channel, and we will read them during the show. Or reach out to us on social media. We love talking all things entertainment and pop culture with you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hey, Ashley. Hey, girl. Hey. Oh, my goodness. Last show of 2023. Let's go. All right, I'm going to go ahead and say trigger warning because the subject of this film is cringy, frankly. It's loosely based off of true story uh, that happened back in the 90s where there was an adult teacher and a male student. And yeah, so just trigger warning. <laughs> All right, we are recapping May, December movie that just came out it is a drama one hour and 53 minutes long rated r it was released in theaters november 17th of this year and became available on streaming december 1st on netflix here's a quick summary 20 years after their notorious tabloid romance gripped the nation grace otherton you and her husband, Joe, 23 years her junior, braced themselves for their twins to graduate from high school when Hollywood actress Elizabeth Berry comes to spend time with the family to better understand Gracie, who will be playing in the film Family Dynamics Unravel Under the Pressure of the Outside Gaze. Joe, never having processed what happened in his youth, starts to confront the reality of life as an empty nester at 36. And as Elizabeth and Gracie study each other, the similarities and differences between the two women begin to ebb and flow. Set in picturesque and comfortable Camden, Maine, May, December is an exploration of truth, storytelling, and difficulties of fully understanding another person. Cast, Natalie Portman as Elizabeth, Julianne Moore, my favorite redhead in Hollywood, as Gracie. I'm glad you distinguished in Hollywood because I was going to say, I thought I was your favorite redhead. What? (laughs) First of all, I adore redheads. It breaks my heart whenever they bleach their hair blonde, always. And one of my favorite redheads, who actually isn't a natural redhead, is Emma Stone. I know. So funny when you find out she's a natural blonde. It's mind blowing. but her skin tone screams red, you know? Yeah. Freckles. <laughs> Charles Milton as Jojo. Corey Michael Smith as Georgie. And D.W. Moffat as Tom Alterton. Director Todd Hines. And we have a long list of producers. I'm going to go ahead and highlight the screenwriters. We have Sammy Birch and Alex Machenka, Ron Tomatoes, 92% critics, audience score, 71%, Google users, 74%. Ashley, what's your grade for 
May, December. I can't give this a grade. It's an NA for me. This subject matter is such Ooh. to where I cannot give this a grade. Um, do I think the performances were amazing? I do, especially for me, Natalie Portman, because I think I talked about this before. When an actor plays an actor, it's like a master class to watch the processes that they go through to shift in and out of acting as an actor trying to act you know what I mean like it's just such a mind fuck to me <laughs> and so I really especially the scenes where Natalie Portman's character is trying to figure out the psychology of Julianne Moore's character and put that into some type of visual of what she would do in her project those scenes were crazy to watch um, the subject matter, though, is so cringeworthy that I felt so deeply for Joe's character. And I sent you a video that somebody put into, I think it was a People article, of the Mary Kay Letourneau interview yes. with her significant other at a time when they were still together. And snippets from that being twenty eighteen. For this movie and it was just disgusting to sit through like I just couldn't I was like I don't if I was the reporter and I just could not have even done it like I he could not sit there with straight face though he really tried he tried he tried yeah. but I I think it it would come down to respect and for me I cannot respect this relationship this union this mind this thought process rather that she is trying to go down yeah. So shut it down. So that was one of the things for me about, <laughs> you know, about the movie too, is like trying to have respect for Julianne Moore's character and all that they have going on um, was, was tough. So N.A., but superior performances from a great cast. I went ahead and graded. I graded it a B minus. I thought the performances were well done this movie was a bit eerie too you know it got nominated for a golden globe under comedy and musical there's nothing funny or musical about this film some people seem to think it's hilarious that was a whole thing i saw when i was doing research last night was people seem to think this is campy and funny it was and, very campy. And the well, music was a lot. I was like, so it sounded like a horror film. That was one of the things people we were like, what about these music cues? And just some, again, some people had, there were multiple reactions. Some people were like, this is very campy. Some people were like, this is very funny. To your point, I didn't find any real moments of humor in it after two watches. So I don't know what anybody else finds funny about it. But it did sometimes get over the top with behavior. I guess I'll say as no spoiler alert. The yet. way that Gracie and Elizabeth pouted their mouths. I was just like, I wanted to punch them in the face. It was too much. Also that accent, that accent, <laughs> that accent, that accent. Is so it true. an accent? Is it a lisp? What? Are, what's? Oh my gosh. That's so true. Let's go ahead and get into the spoiler alert. Okay. As the summary suggests, this movie is about a TV actress hoping to transition into film, and her first project is to play 
Gracie. I, I don't even want to say formally disgraced because they were pariah in their small community. They would get Gracie. boxes of shit sent to their house. Girl, uh, Shadows Gracie, played by the great Julianne Moore, loosely based off of Mary Kay from the 90s. And then her husband, Joe, loosely based off of Billy. This movie is a series of interactions with Elizabeth being at the center. Her character is the one stirring up the pot, right? Because at this moment in time, this is years from the initial incident. We have Joe, who is 36 years old, who is about to be a freaking empty nester with his children leaving the house for high school graduation. Elizabeth interacts with everyone from Gracie's ex-husband, her lawyer, her son, Georgie, from a previous relationship, as well as Gracie and Joe. Let's first start with her interaction with Tom. The first time we see him and he tells his side of the story, he seems entirely too calm for me, Ashley. And I knew something was up because at the end of her conversation with him, he refers to Joe as her and the boy. That felt very intentional to me. Do you think there was more to the story than he was letting on? I don't know if I get the sense that there's more to the story, more so that he is someone who tries to contain his emotions, possibly to his own detriment. That's why I think when you have the scene thereafter and... Natalie Portman comments that she could see how being married to him would be isolating. Yeah, I think it may be because he is the type of person who represses his feelings um, and tries to look on the bright side, which obviously in this situation, I want to be a Tom because if my wife, who I've had multiple children with and been married to for a substantial period of time, and we're in our mid thirties, decided to have an affair with a 12 or 13 year old, you need to be a Tom because you may not survive it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that I gave so much grace to Tom's character because I think it took a different level of strength than a lot of us may know whether or not we have until we're put in that situation. And sometimes you got to be a little delusional or a little, I'm going to have to look on the sunny side of life to move through. Because otherwise, he may have tried to kill her. He may have tried to kill him. He may have tried to kill himself. He may have done a lot of things in reaction to that. Think about not just the fallout for him publicly, but the fallout internally within his own family, within his own children, the the trauma that him and his children endured as a result of his wife's actions. That's a lot to recover from. Absolutely. Well said. I thought that was an interesting factor as well, how Elizabeth said she felt she could see how it could be isolating, but I agree with what you said. Oh, and it was probably necessary for him to <laughs> survive. Let's talk about Elizabeth's visit with the lawyer. The lawyer was really interesting to me because he had no shame in terms of really stating how he felt about the whole situation. He reiterated to Elizabeth that Gracie kept saying, we're in love. And she was so delusional. She didn't even expect to go to jail. And Elizabeth asked him like, Hey, did it ever sink in? And he was like, yeah, no. Have you met her? (laughs) That 
essentially that interaction. When it comes to the lawyer, for me, his character solidifies that Gracie built the world she lives in and she has no desire to ever leave it. <laughs> like it's her little bubble and she's going to stay in it. I mean, one of the things that Elizabeth noticed is that Gracie has this bakery business and he was like, have you noticed it's the same repeat customers, including his wife, including his wife, but they are literally walking around. Like everything is a okay. This scene, this relationship between her lawyer and her seemed to ring true again from what I saw of the real life yes. situation with Mary Kay Letourneau and her lawyer in terms of that, you know, kind of going to bat for her and her mindset, which is very scary to me. I was like, very. I know that you're a lawyer and you're supposed to uphold the law in terms of doing what you need to do for your client during their trial and all this and that, but to still be friends with her and to validate her mindset and her experiences is a choice. And so at this point, I don't know what to say to you or your wife, sir. Um, that's very dangerous to me, the way that not only Gracie behaved, but the way that you would have people, including neighbors or anybody else, um, backing up your experience. I'm not saying... Now, this is why I say, too, was murky for me with respect, because child sexual offenses are top tier criminal behavior to me. Like, I know that yep. they're not everybody has a hierarchy for crime, but that's top tier for me. Like, you mess with a child. There's no yes. real rehabilitation or going back from that for me. And so I'm not saying that I would, you know, spit at her in public. But I'm saying I, I'm not going to be friends with her. I'm not going to validate this yes. family that you supposedly created with a child that you abused, you know, no matter how you want to make it look today. So the fact that there's other grown adults in this film in her corner is disturbing. Very. We meet Georgie, who was quite entertaining. He talks about how he found out about the quote unquote affair and how it ruined his life, essentially. I think it's interesting because he's the same age as Joe. I'm not going to lie. First impressions of Georgie, it's like, I see childhood trauma a mile away. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the fact that everybody kept calling him sensitive, I'm like, is he sensitive or is he just gay? And y'all want to call him sensitive because he was gay and figuring out his sexuality. <laughs> and then you throw on top, not only am I figuring out my sexuality, but then my mom starts fucking a kid my in my friend. class. Exactly. Like that seemed like a small tight-knit community. So I'm sure there was some Very. level of discrimination against him and feelings about him. And to his point, the, the kid that he has some type of sexual interaction with never spoke to him again, all of that. I'm figuring all this other stuff out, let yep. alone my mom doing this unimaginable act and getting busted in the stock room of a pet store girl, with this child. Who caught them? That's what I wanted them to answer in that movie. Who caught them? Was it the guy we meet or his mama? Ooh, that's a great point. I don't know. They never said, they never said like who busted them and who was the one who called the cops on her. I would have loved that little extra level of detail, but that's just me. I wanted, I wanted a timeline of events on this lady. 
But Georgie made me sad. But at the same time, my thoughts about him was, again, why haven't you left? Get out of here. Get out of this town. So true. So true. He drops a bombshell to Elizabeth, stating that his mom was abused as a child by her brothers. That was surprising, but not surprising at the same time in this moment in time when we hear this information because unfortunately abuse people abuse people or they Mm -hmm. may not have the it can stunt your growth in a way that you it rewires your brain in a way that you think certain scenarios are okay when they're not you know Mm -hmm. what I mean and I feel like that was a major nugget that I Elizabeth got in her shadowing at this point in the film. Well, I think because it turned a villain into another victim, right? It's that whole mindset of a psychological breakthrough about uh, motivation, right? Yes. Before, yes. you did not have an understanding of what could have possibly been her motivation behind her behavior. So right. once Elizabeth gets this nugget, it's like, oh, pieces make sense now psychologically, I have this layer of trauma myself. So, of course, I'm going to go about if I've never healed from that, causing harm to other people. To your point, we've seen that even with pop culture examples of R. Kelly supposedly getting molested by his sister and possibly others as a child. They talk about Michael Jackson most likely probably got abused and molested at some point. So definitely seemed even me as an audience member, I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. makes sense type of moment not that it justifies anything let me be clear right does not justify but makes so much sense and then to elizabeth's point why if she was abused by her brothers would she still be talking about them so much and be so close to them exactly but up until this point georgie was dropping bars like he had me cackling when he introduces himself and says tell me how selfish i am and i'll tell you if it match <laughs> comparing him and his mother's characteristics and then ultimately he said situations there's no situations without casualties and i believe he was f- referring to himself i thought it was interesting that he immediately started hustling with elizabeth talking about let me be the music supervisor for you this film and i'll tell you more I wish I I had that level of confidence. Listen, he's still a man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Shooting shots left and right. Ain't got no experience. She saw him perform in a band in a restaurant. And he thinks he can be a music supervisor on a film that may be going to cinemas around the world. He walked off the stage mid-song. You know who would never do that? Beyonce <laughs> she never. He also he threw water in the face of his drummer he ran back up on stage talking about such such you can't sing this I mean he was a bully he was antagonizing <laughs> was the whole part. band <laughs> bandmate looked up at him like what okay yeah he did no. he looked so he looked like a deer caught in the head like so Georgie was an interesting character to say, to say the least in Elizabeth's interactions with him Let's get into the nitty gritty, okay? Let's talk about Gracie. Gracie's character was something. She was borderline textbook a narcissist for me. Borderline. I think she is absolutely a textbook narcissist. Everything from 
literally I felt like her entire household were stepping on eggshells when interacting with her because the way she felt about something was paramount above all. And there's so many situations throughout the film where we see this from the daughter getting a dress. She was adorable in that sleeveless gown. Adorable. And that passive aggressive way that Gracie essentially told her, your arms are fat, you need to pick out another dress was something I, that's next level white woman for me. (laughs) (laughs) You know what that scene did for me is it made me realize that she's toxic on a level beyond the scandal of what she has done because her kids are already the product of such insane circumstances that they had absolutely nothing to do with. And then you also body shame your daughter on top of that like you know what I mean like it was like I thought maybe if nothing else you seem like you may be lovely and loving towards this family that you've created but nope right because it's the us against the world concept right but no no one's happy in this household and even Natalie Portman, you see her clock it, right? You see them having like a little banter for a minute and she clocks that. She's like, oh damn, you are fucked up. Like you just Literally. bullied your child about her high school graduation dress and her body. And those seeds live in people's heads forever. That is so true. And that's how I knew this wasn't of God. <laughs> <laughs> this love. That she claims that she had for this boy. Oh, I didn't need this. It wasn't of God when that child was still a child. When you're looking at a 12 year. the You know when it became the most glaring too? Again, sometimes you can forget when you get older about what a child looks like at certain ages unless you're around those children so when the scene comes where natalie portman is looking at the videos of the kids trying to be joe and you're like that's what a 12 or 13 year old boy looks like it was so viscerally disturbing to me to think about necessary we are the age that she would have been when she started abusing him so like that might like to it's unfathomable. And even Billy in that video, again, going back to the video, guys, look it yes. up. America the Turner, he said, I'm 35. Could I imagine messing with a 12-year-old girl? No. No. I could not. We're jumping the gun a little bit because I wanted to spend time on, a, you know, Gracie, Elizabeth, and Joe. I'm sorry. <laughs> but when it comes to Elizabeth, when she told the director they're not sexy enough. The director was like, you need to come home now. (laughs) Did you peep that? (laughs) And I couldn't tell if it was because of that or because of other circumstances that we'll have to get into about Elizabeth's character as a whole. Because Elizabeth is not a good character to me whatsoever either. Elizabeth is shady as hell. Elizabeth is shady as hell. I mean, honestly, are they... Two sides of a coin. Shameless. Natalie Portman said in an interview that they both were so attracted to each other because they're both so self-centered that being mm. around each other was like looking in a mirror. Ooh. And Gracie I thought, didn't like it though. <laughs> I thought that that was 
um, very telling about the experience that we have towards them because it's not just this mimicking of, oh, I'm trying to get into character. It's also a regard for, I see something in you that I see in myself, whether I like it or not. And Gracie didn't like it because people like her don't like accountability, period. And I also think they didn't specify it in the, the film, but you also don't necessarily want a younger version of you around, you know? She's getting to be a woman of a certain age. She has a, yes. a husband who is in his mid-30s that could possibly still, still have. Prime. Exactly. So it was not specifically stated, but that has to be a factor in her mind. Has to be. That's so true. That's so true. Girl, speaking of both of them, that makeup scene in the bathroom, what were we doing? What were we doing? An actor would have to tell you because this whole deep dive into trying to embody her so much that you want her product she wears and all that. I mean, I guess that's similar to J-Lo going and sleeping in Selena's bed um, when she was trying to get into character. But obviously totally different circumstances because um, there was an intimacy to me that you're trying to embody when you're playing the character of Selena and her family and all that versus I feel like this whole thing with Elizabeth was more about her ego than it was about actually figuring out how to play Gracie, if that makes sense. Like to me, so much of it was, I'm going to waltz into this town. I'm better than all these people. I am. Interesting. That You think she felt that? A thousand percent, I think she thought she was better than everybody else that she interacted with that was there. A thousand percent. I think that she thought in her mind she was coming and was going to, you know, take something from these people. And the funny thing to me is I don't think she realized what an opponent Gracie was going to be in the midst of all of that. And that fucked her up. A <laughs> That's going to fuck her up a little bit. Because I think, I mean, think about it. Anybody coming probably from like Hollywood, all of that, you already have a, an air to you a little bit. Yeah. And so to come into a situation where you probably already don't agree with, because I, I I, wouldn't go in there agreeing with anything. You're going to have even an extra level of like, I'm better than you. You ain't shit. So here we go. And again, speaking to Gracie's narcissistic tendencies, her crying over a cancel order. I'm like, girl, have you not been resourceful? Her multiple emotional breakdowns was a tool of manipulation, wasn't it? It was so weird both times because I'm like, is this supposed to be reminiscent to the fact that you're still childlike in certain ways that he has to constantly mm -hmm. emotionally console you? Is this always been the dynamic of your relationship that you try to say that's why he had the emotional maturity at this young age and you were you know, seduced by him type vibe. I mean, she just seemed, it made her seem unstable. <laughs> very, very unstable. And yeah, there could be for sure in a level of emotional manipulation to keep him around because I think he thought she couldn't survive without him. Let's go ahead and talk about Joe. Joe, I have two things to say about him. One, he had dead eyes. Like he was walking around like a zombie through his own life and then two it felt like a cult Ashley the mm. mindset of a cult him and those children and Gracie was their 
leader. I had so many feelings about Joe. Um, first of all, good job on desexifying Charles Melton because that's a fine ass man. He okay. gained 40 pounds for the role. This meager, meek vibe yes. that he gave off. I mean, he felt like a victim in his life and in his circumstances. He felt like a prisoner of his circumstances. And that came out of his pores in this role. It um, did. That's so well said. He seemed so confused often about his role, even within his own family. Like, it seemed like sometimes Gracie was parenting him. Um, like the scene where I think he had come in the house and he got a beer. She was like, that's too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even his relationships and dynamics with his children, like the roof scene where he's talking to his son. You're like, do you see him as your father or as like your friend? Well, you know, for me, again, Charles did a phenomenal job and he's already winning this award scene season. I think what he does so well is you can feel the remorse the the sadness of a lost childhood like that graduation scene with him tearing up I what I felt was he didn't have the opportunity to have such a grand event happen and with no strings attached no responsibility and having the sky be his limit you know what I mean but then it was also the pride of like you know, this is the state of my life. I am a 36-year-old empty nester. Crazy. It's crazy. I don't know how they've managed to go along for so long without him being introspective. It could be a result of age. Because think about how much more introspective we've gotten over time. Like, there were definitely things I didn't examine in my 20s, right? I just wasn't, I wasn't thinking no, about certain things. But when you have children... Just call those the dark ages sometimes, especially when they're young. Yeah, your life, they're like, they, it's not they yours. suck up. Yeah. Yes. All the energy and, and mental things you could be putting into yourself is going into the betterment of your children. When I tell you, that was part of the reason why I didn't want to have kids until I was 30 was because I'm like, as soon as I have a kid, it's going to be from, like, for example, if I had kids at like 25, I'm like, I know I won't remember anything until I'm 30. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I had that mindset and I was like, you know what? Not to say the 30s are different in terms of like, I don't know. But what I'm trying to say is. Well, you've gotten a chance to fortify yourself, right? Yeah, Solidify exactly. yourself a little bit more. Before in the ways, yeah. You give yourself. It was also a thing with him with like his verbal communication. I don't know how much people clocked that. to talk. I, girl, when he was trying to actually have the talk, because that's one of my questions to you. Like, can you believe that he's never talked about the situation of getting caught and being in a relationship with this quote unquote, this quote unquote relationship with this woman as a 13 year old boy with his own father and even with her? Yeah, he needed therapy that he never got because he never was able to get away from what was hurting him, which was her. This child was sexually abused. He was made to believe that he was the um, dominant one and the that boss, this was unquote. his choice. And yep. so he's like, well, I'm just going to go with it. And I think, again, I've spoken about this on the, the podcast we did for 
the Jennifer Lawrence film, No Hard Feelings. And to some extent, I feel this way about this. There's there's a perception sometimes about boys and in terms of what their sexual appetite may be, even at younger ages and all this stuff that I don't know if it's always healthy for them. Like at 12, 13, he may have been already interested, but it didn't mean he was prepared for any of the consequences of sexual activity, especially with a grown ass woman. Right. So I just think he if he were a, a girl and this were a male teacher, obviously, this situation would have been so different. He would have been treated so differently. And it just like I said, Joe, the portrayal of Joe absolutely crushed me like it was so devastating to watch this broken person trying to navigate through especially when you have these children because to his point if I say that this was a mistake if I say I wasn't ready what does that mean for my relationships with my children I'm gonna take a quick pivot and in researching for this recap I came across this video on YouTube that talks about this trope in movies and TV shows with the older teacher and young student dynamic. Unfortunately, it's prevalent and it's still going on, Ashley. It is worth knowing. I never watched Dawson Creek, but Casey. I told you about Pacey's affair with his teacher. I told you about that. What's I don't remember. We talked because I, I was remember. talking about Dawson's Creek on a particular recap that we were doing or something, went down a rabbit hole. And I told you the fact that Pacey had had an affair with his teacher when he was still in high school. Yes. Wow. 15 years old. And they- she was 36 years old in the show. And this is a right around the same time of the real life Mary Kay Letourneau. They even yes. had a more current example on Blackish. Amanda Seals, when she was Junior's teacher in an episode, the grandma was warning him, like, boy, don't play. That think that teacher likes you. X, Y, Z was like, oh, no, she ain't paying no attention to me. No, and I you didn't come see to that the, episode. You come to the moment where it's like, no, she does. She is trying, Junior. Yes. Yes. Riverdale, Archie, falling for a music teacher. And I bring these examples up because even though this conversation is really uncomfortable (laughs) this is the first time in the canon where they show the emotional damage of the young man except for the only other example I could say that I feel like not to interrupt you 50 shades of gray I know that he did not think that he had been damaged by that affair with his mother's, but you saw the prolonged damage in his relationships and in his sexual dominance. Yes. The way he wanted to dominate women. Yes. 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 That's the only other example I could give. It was just, it was was just portrayed differently because he was not, he was very successful. He was very in control of himself in a different way than Joe. But again, there was damage. But victims of sexual assault, there is this notion that they're either extremely controlled or they're like, quote unquote, overweight or like emotionally docile. So in some ways, I can see it. You understand what I'm trying to say? Like, Mm -hmm. even his stuttering to Gracie when he was finally trying to have the conversation of like, didn't you think I was, 
I wasn't ready to make these type of decisions. And she was like, who was the boss? Who was the boss? I'm like, are you coaching him? He can't make his own mind up. When she told Elizabeth that he had more sexual partners than she did, I was like, what the fuck? Only difference, ma'am, is he had been with two other girls before you. You had been married and popped out children. Okay. It was deeply, like I said, deeply, deeply disturbing. She clearly needed help as he did. But unfortunately, I don't think she was ever going to change or be willing to look at her actions. And they never said in the movie, did she serve any real jail time the way that Mary Kay Letourneau did? Like, I know she gave birth yes. in prison, but how long did they say? I don't remember how long, but in real life, she served originally six months and they let her out saying, oh, if you never contact this boy again, you'll find you'll be fine. Uh, guess what? That didn't happen because she got pregnant again and she served the full sentence of seven years and yep. was on the pedophile list. Frankly, I don't know what they call it. Let's talk about Elizabeth again. This method acting situation was fascinating. I'm thinking about how she wanted to go into the pet store in the storage room and act out a scene of passion by herself. I'm like, sis, really? Again, I think it was all stroking her ego. I think she was having a good old time. It was always this little smirk, always this little wink, wink at like, look how I'm infiltrating these people's lives and exploiting them for the sake of this performance. I just really, as you much as that. I, yeah, as much as I did not like Gracie because of her moral failures, as a person, I despise Elizabeth. I do have a question to ask you. If you were an actress, how would you choose your roles? Would Gracie be a person you would want to play? That's a great question. I do agree with the whole idea of as an actor, it always seems exciting to go into roles that stretch you and um, there's a mo there's a moral gray and you have to try to figure them out and get into the psychological side of what made them how they are and all of that again as much as I feel strongly about sexual predators I don't know if I would necessarily want to portray a character like Gracie but as an actor or actress I mean I think you go with your gut at different periods of time in terms of what you feel like is going to help you stretching your craft so I'm sure as an actor or actress I would look at it way differently because I'm trying to bring something to life uh, in a certain way um, professionally that I don't have the perspective on right now because for me it's like I, why is this movie even being made one could even say why was May December made because um, in terms of a of content or a story line I yeah. would love to hear why they felt like this was the story that they wanted to tell again I see the value because going in I was like why why but if you take a closer look at the media that's out there, our culture celebrates young men trying to get with their older teachers. And we need to show that you will emotionally regret all of this <laughs> if you grow old with this woman. Uh, because again, the power dynamics are off. And I feel like as a culture, we now have language to it that we didn't have in the 90s, especially in light of like the Me Too movement. Men 
being vocal about the abuse they've experienced through the years. And so. Well, I hope this resonates with, to your point, men. And because I don't know, I think the way that the, even the marketing has been done, I originally didn't even know what the movie was about. And I don't know if it grabs a male audience in the same way, but I hope it does. I hope it resonates and not just with men, because obviously we're all needing to take accountability in society, but just I hope it resonates with them as well in terms of um, some level of understanding. Elizabeth sneaks around with Joe first at his job and then they sleep together after a family dinner. My question to you, Ashley, Joe immediately went into cuddle mode. And when she, they started talking and she referred to his life as stories that pissed him off, which is rightfully so. Cause it's like, do you realize I'm still a person? I'm not an object. He was like, why did you sleep with me then? And she said, because that's what adults do. Did you feel like that was a taunt? <laughs> Trying to say uh, you're not an adult. Type that of or that or I'm thinking when she was like, oh, my, you and me are the same age. You're an empty nester. I don't even have any kids or I'm living. I've lived a life that you have not because you've been cooped up with that chick over there type of deal. I just, think Elizabeth, I just think Elizabeth is a user and her excuse about that's just what adults do probably also justifies her affair with her director probably the way she treats her fiance when she hurried him off the phone um, and lied about getting another call. I, like I said, as much as I don't like, I think Gracie is a terrible person and character. I despise Elizabeth as well, because from the portrayal that I've seen in the film, she does not seem like she's a nice or genuine person whatsoever. Even the way she spoke to the high school class when she went and talked at, um, the whatever drama class or whatever it was that they were doing and the talking about the sex scenes and stuff, I was just like, you get a kick out of your own behavior. And I don't know how much you've had to deal with the consequences of that, but I'm sure it's going to come at some point because you can't just treat people like this. And you're coming in supposedly doing research and you fuck the husband of the subject that you're going to be portraying with no Crazy. thinking that there will be no care or consequences for it. I mean, she's a different type of person. I'll say that. Crazy. If she ever saw Joe as a victim, it didn't seem like she really cared that much about what also her action, how her actions were also going to impact him. And for the sake of the recap, after Joe sleeps with Elizabeth, that's when he started finally having wanting to have the conversation with Gracie. Should Elizabeth have been invited to family life events? No, I wouldn't have invited her personally, but we see a different perspective as the audience than they get to see. And so, you know, for me, like I said, I've gotten the sense Elizabeth is a user, so I want her around as sparingly as possible. But would I have ever let her come to my house, period, is the question. And... I don't know if I'm that person that would have ever let her in my home. So what did you think about Gracie's family dynamics? The the two families coming together for the celebration? Well, I thought it was interesting to think that she's been able to maintain any level of relationship with her older children, because 
from the right. Mary Kay Letourneau case, I believe that, that she had a very strange relationship with those kids. And that was exactly. my expectation about this too. The only thing I will say that I think is probably more of a credit of who Julianne Moore actually is, is that she seemed much more self-possessed in a certain way than Mary Kay Letourneau from the bit that I saw of her. Mary Kay Letourneau seems so much more... Um, insane in a certain way that I can't Unhinged. yeah like yeah can't, can't I saw put my that too exact finger but you know what I'm saying whereas Julianne yep. Moore felt like she was very in her body and even though she may have done these wrong things she as a parent and as an adult can navigate you know what I mean navigates the waters yeah so maybe that's why her children have con- continued to have a relationship with her because she's continued to be a mother in a certain way that they would have needed a mother but it's still as an adult a decision to be like hey i'm going to continue to fuck with you or i'm not so that was surprising yeah and it's so funny because i saw that whole interview as well with the real life people and the lawyer kept saying it and you saw it in mary Kay's interaction that she saw no wrong in what she did at all to None. the day of the interview still to did not that day saw nothing wrong the fact that she called herself girlfriend and boyfriend with a 13 year old boy and what they did was out of love again skin crawling and he Ashley. kept giving her these hard side eyes like did i like and he probably doesn't he doesn't even remember half of the stuff you're talking about because he was a child in addition to that, what's so eye-opening is they were divorced literally a year later. Because mm-hmm. he had already separated from her. He was just kind of trying to figure things out, I think, again, as their children. They were at the same point that they yes. are in the movie yes. of this whole empty nester stage. So, and then I enjoyed, once I saw that, not enjoyed, but I, I, I noted once I saw that, again, with him giving her side eyes all the time. The point in the film where Natalie Portman is starting to ask questions about, well, how did you guys meet? When do you first remember seeing Joe? And this is that Charles Milton had an eye tick. I don't know how many people noticed that. He ticked his eye every time she said certain things. And it was like a, a casual reference, I think, to, again, the trauma of mm-hmm. thinking back to that time. And so, again, the the similarities to me once I saw that interview between like that pool of You can tell he's uncomfortable. You can tell this is not something that he agrees with, but he's here and he's standing by her, but he's not happy about the circumstances. I thought that was really well done. But you notice when telling their story, oh, was it sixth grade? No, it was seventh. Like that's any better. Right. He was in middle school, not elementary. Gross. The film ends two scenes, graduation scene. Again, Elizabeth having no shame, walking up to Gracie at the end saying, you know, I'm on my way out. And Gracie hits Elizabeth with uh, what Georgie said to you about my brothers were not true. She said, insecure people are dangerous. That shook Elizabeth to her core, Ashley. She was sugar. Good. Did Gracie win this match? Yeah. Yeah, I think she did. Because again, that's why I said, I think that there was so much of Elizabeth's like ego and um, I'm better than mentality that she went in with that she would have never thought that they would have been able to outsmart her, right? Like, oh, Georgie, talk to you about that? Like, yes, I speak to my son every day. <laughs> uh, he told me what he said to you. I just don't think she would have 
figured that they could outmaneuver her in terms yeah. of what it was that she was doing. And so, yeah, I do think that 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 was a little satisfying to me just because, again, at this point, I'm like, well, you ain't shit anyway. So, as yeah. again, I don't like either of y'all, but I'm not and I'm not rooting for either of y'all. That's the thing. None. I'm yeah. not rooting for either of y'all. <laughs> no, so if Gracie, the co-worker, <laughs> we just finished the yes, book. <laughs> this book, guys, we read these really morally gray, bad in different ways, but still both very bad characters mm -hmm. and i don't root for either of you but i do get a level of satisfaction when somebody gets egg on their face for sure because it's like then you really came here you spent this time you did all this stuff you said with this woman's husband got five pumps hope that was worth it so first for of what? all first of all i was for what <laughs> i picked up on that as well but you know what that's none of my business um <laughs> Elizabeth was so shook that on the set, she was still trying to find her Gracie, needing multiple takes. Gross. Again, her petting that snake. I was just like, make it stop. I also felt like her character reminded me a lot of Black Swan. Did you peep that? No, I didn't get Black Swan, but I did pick up a little bit on her from the one movie Closer. With her, Jude Law, Julia Roberts, and Clive Owen back in the day. And this transition mm. that she makes as a character yeah. um, later in the movie. There's a little bit of that to me in there in her performance. But, mm. I mean, Allie Portman has been in many a great role in her career. Exactly. I exactly. think the biggest thing to me about this last scene, and I think they said it in one of the interviews, is you're thinking for her to go to all this trouble. She must be making some type of possible Oscar-worthy movie. It looks like that's just about to be on Lifetime. You know what I'm saying? Like, it looked like a B-list. Is that the cheap wig talking? <laughs> the cheap wig, the script, the lines, the setting. Yeah. It did not look any like any better than the made-for-TV film that she was watching in her hotel room. That's the Ooh. thing. And so it was like, again, you went to all this effort and you came into town like you're some big star because you're on some popular show. And it's like the movie's about to be trash. Pick up on that. I'm glad you picked, that you mentioned that. And for her to still not get into it. And again, if I were an actor, I wouldn't even want to be anywhere near that, that mind space personally. Mm. Because we've heard actors through the years talk about how it's hard to shake off certain characters yep Dim dimson talking about he prayed to the dark one for inspiration and his own mama had to get the holy ghost in the blood of jesus to get him to have some peace because he was having nightmares every night yeah that's what we don't do that's, that's not what we, we don't do those do. things no we do not play with the spiritual realm okay nope. famously lawrence fish playing Ike I think he said it might have cost him a relationship because it took him a, a while to shake off Ike and then even Michael B Jordan said Killmonger took a while for him to shake off which I thought was interesting that was a sexy character though. <laughs> <laughs> if you gonna have one Michael that was a sexy one okay to me he was not nearly as dark as the the previous characters I just mentioned so I mean I don't know no, even a girl Kiki Palmer said that she had, you know, took some time to shake off characters. So I think because Killmonger was one of the uh, Marvel quote unquote villains who had a, a purpose that people had a understanding 
I I see where you're coming from mindset behind. Got it. Right. Yeah. It was not these out of the box. Oh, I'm an alien coming from outer space, coming to destroy the world type villains. So yeah, he was sexy as hell too. Mm. Anyway, so funny. I'm glad you enjoyed him. Um, <laughs> what are your final thoughts on May December? Ah. Uh, this was an interesting recap. I don't think we've ever delved into subject matter like this yet on the podcast. So it was interesting to get a chance to talk about it. Sorry for all yeah. the, the armchair psychology guys, but this is what I do in my spare time. <laughs> exactly. And again, this is a heavy topic. And that's why I tried to give the trigger warning at the very beginning. Because, you know, we said certain words that may be stressful to people. that That's not our desire. So thank you for the people who have stayed with us this far in the conversation but keep going Ashley I'm sorry for sure oh no you're fine I'm just gonna say um subject matter aside I mean when I watched it for the first time I was very curious to see what was gonna happen because uh, I didn't know what they were gonna do with this like I said I kind of went in blind because with the posters and all that I was like what is this movie actually about and so just dropped on Netflix I was like oh I'll give it a shot Natalie Portman Julianne Moore say less you know yep and so it was very complicated. I had a lot of feelings about it as I was watching it. Like I said, um, it's rare that I don't like Natalie Portman. Still love her as an actress, but rare I don't like her as a person. So that was mm. interesting for me. Um, Julianne Moore needs to teach some classes because she is phenomenal. And Charles Melton, I hope he wins because he would make history if he wins um, the major awards this year. So how so of his he, nationality? Yeah, because he will be coming up after um, the wins last year for yeah, Key and yeah. um, would mark like a second Asian American man winning in these categories never happened yeah. before in history. Right. So that would be phenomenal. And also, I just like Charles. Like I used to watch him on Riverdale and it's crazy yes. to see the trajectory from a show like Riverdale to then be an Oscar bait. Like you just never know where your career can go. You never know. The sun is also a star. You remember yes, that which one? I watched and I read that book because I'm a big fan yep. of Nicola Yoon who wrote that as well as you everything know, everything she has an imprint and she has an imprint for ya books i read one of them it's called queen b and mm. they have like three books on their roster now and her and her husband because she married an asian bay yes she did <laughs> so, she has another fact, book with a black woman and an asian man as well that i have in my book collection but i just think that this is complicated film again to your point, has some relevancy and hopefully people will get stuff from it. But if nothing else, it may win some awards. What are your final thoughts? I went into this film code as well. And so to find the subject matter, knowing about this 90 tabloid story in real life, I'm like, why are we telling this story? <laughs> and like, is it one for one adaptation or what? And so it was such an interesting concept because I'm like, yeah, it's loosely based off real events, but it's about an actress shadowing this family. I'm like, okay, this is again, I appreciate the originality of it. This topic definitely was an uncomfortable one. I I think, yeah, we've never covered a, a subject matter like this before. And we're not in any, any type of hurry to do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime soon. But 
definitely a lot of Oscar bait going on with um, everyone's performance, the the top three leads. And so it should be interesting what that's going to look like. I think it was interesting because someone made this argument and I could see it. They feel like these are uh, individuals who were associated with the film. The evolution of tabloid culture evolving into the true crime obsession that we live in today through podcast and tv shows and things like that and i was like huh it's always fascinating to see how some things are the same but they but they change right in certain ways and honestly a lot of those 90s tabloids have been translated into these podcasts because the stories are always so fascinating especially the cold cases like the john benet ramses and mm-hmm. and everything like that so yeah i'm good for a true crime series watch a lot yeah. of them i was even watching the latest one about the doctor who was i started it but sometimes you got to be in the mood too i started it about the doctor who was renowned for his innovations and all these things but he ended up killing a whole bunch of his patients through what? like it was like artificial um something with your th- throat i cannot remember what the piece is called um but he yeah it was it's a whole it was a whole crazy situation um that went down with him and the um like people who had employed him and all of that and yeah it's hard to watch some of the medical ones too because of the casualties involved in a lot of those but also um I had watched one not too long ago about the organization that was talking about soulmates and your twin flame about think I think that was the name of it, like twin flames and that just got huh. real dark because They've started playing around with people in terms of trying to uh, force people to have sex change operations and all this different stuff. So they just get, some of them get real crazy. You know, it's always important to know that these things are (laughs) man-made, which means there could be some significant issues with them. Just always keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. And try not to be easily influenced. Have discernment in your life with things. Because I know a lot a lot of times as humans, we have these soft spots. We have these places in our psyche, in our hearts, and our experiences that allow for people with nefarious intent to come into those spaces. Um, but just guard yourself um, as much as possible because there are a lot of people out here trying to take advantage in various Truly. ways. And they're sneaky devils because they are very, very aware of what they're doing. They're masters of it. Mm-hmm. truly truly masters time for hitting gems all right so i just literally added another one because i was really wanting to have some type of holiday hidden gem as well for our last recap of the year as we're in the holiday season so my first one is a book uh killers of a certain age by deanna rayborn um, I heard Jasmine Guillory talk about this book in an interview in terms of recommendations. And Jasmine Guillory is a fantastic writer and um, enjoys so so much of her work. So I was like, oh, if she's I recommending her. this, I have to I give this. Her. Yeah, I have to give this a shot. And I really enjoyed it. Like I already have a cast in my mind. Should this movie or should this book become a movie or a tv series but it's about ladies who are retiring from a government organization called the museum and they are going out on like their you know trip together as their retirement and they figure out that a hit has been put out on them by the organization 
And so this whole book is about them trying to figure it out and whether they survive and track it down, all this stuff. And it was it was a fun journey because they dip between the present and the past. And it's four ladies. And, you know, it was just a, it was just a hell of a ride. I really enjoyed it. Second Hidden Gem, Slow Horses, Apple TV Plus. I'm telling y'all, y'all be getting me with these shows. Slow Horses, I've already binged through three. I'm on season three and I'm up to date <laughs> to watch the latest episodes that are dropping. This is a Gary Oldman um, leads this cast and it is basically about, um, I don't want to say rejects from the uh, MI5 organization in England, but basically it's like if you have not been up to par with whatever it is that they're looking for, for from you as an agent, you get put into what they call Slough House. And so they call them the Slow Horses. And it's about this, the, these gaggle of misfits and their adventures in MI5 being that they are considered to be the low tier of the organization. It's very, very good. Uh, and then my final is Family Switch with Jennifer Garner and Ed Helms on Netflix. I really, really enjoyed this movie more than I even thought. There were some serious like laugh out loud moments. I love a good body switch moment. And this is the first time I've seen one with the entire family switching mm -hmm. bodies. Now, there were some weird cringeworthy scenes that I know the internets have been talking about in this movie. And I totally agree with y'all, by the way. But this movie was still really, really funny. And it's holiday and it was just a vibe. And, you know, Jennifer Garner hasn't really stepped her foot into this since 13 going on 30, which they do make reference to. So it was just fun and delightful in certain ways. So if you get into like that whole body switch type of film and, or you just want another holiday movie to put um, on your rotation, give this one a shot. So those are my three hidden gems. For the final episode of the year, Delora, what about you? I have two, Ashley. All right. The first one is in that true crime realm. It's available on Peacock. It is called Found. It is a drama and there are about 11 episodes. It's starring Shanola Hampton and our boo, Mark Paul Gosler. Shanola, uh, I think this is her first thing I've seen her in since Shameless. So I do want to give this series a try. I just haven't started it yet. It's giving scandal. It's very procedural in terms of there's a missing person and her team finds it. But where it gives me the scandal vibes is because, you know, she's like a PR consultant and she has a gaggle of misfits. So you have the the tech guy and the the muscle guy and you know what I mean? But there's a twist. And it's not a spoiler, but it was something that I didn't fully understand until I watched it. But she herself was a missing person. And so that that's what drives her um, in every episode. And so that's all I'll say about that series. So found. My second hidden gem is a book and it's Christmas related. It is very popular on book talk, book talk and Instabook. It's called Love Light Farms by BK Bronson. I believe this is her debut novel. I read it last year. I adore it. I'm rereading it this year because it is a fake dating friends to lovers Christmas themed 
rom-com and I'm in heaven. <laughs> so, and it's surprisingly steamy, which I appreciate as well. So very sweet. It's like when the guy is sweet and nerdy, but like filthy and sexy behind the <laughs> Ashley's face. These tropes are hilarious. I love it. I love it. Uh, give Clark me an ACA. Clark Kent right. out here. That's uh, all I that's, got. That's great. Guys, oh my gosh. Can you believe it? It's a wrap on us for 2023. It has been such a pleasure chatting with you guys this year, talking about some fun stuff this year. We will be back past the holidays so you guys have a very merry christmas a very happy new year if y'all want to give us a gift rate our podcast on apple tv give us some stars on spotify we would greatly greatly appreciate it and share this episode please because we want to continue to grow and reach more listeners and have more interaction with everybody out there so we so appreciate it um we will be back in the new year In the meantime, as always, be blessed.